You are now listening to the Talented Tent Podcast, brought to you by Mosaic Management and Consulting. To learn more about Mosaic Management and Consulting, go to bshare.com slash get started. So, um, I thought I was going to do an episode for the, uh, the one-year anniversary of launching uh, the Gentleman's Blog. But I realized that I didn't do the first podcast episode until March 2nd, even though I debuted the blog on my birthday, which is tomorrow. But the guy who's joining me right now, it's not just a guy, he's a good friend, I want to be respectful of his schedule. And so we can record right now, so we're going to record right now. This next season of episodes... um, I'm really just going into conversations with the people I talk to regularly. And Jerry is one of them. We talk all the time. And it's mostly, um, it's, it's really about improvement and growth and learning about, you know, what each other are uh, implementing, thinking about, facing, and just trying to get better. And that's, as I get older, those are the type of people I spend a lot of time talking to. Um, and Jerry is at the top of that list. And so I wanted to get with him. Uh, I asked him to do a little homework and he had a ton of it. Uh, but we're just going to give you a look into some of the organic conversations that we normally have, because I think they'll be useful uh, for the people who have listened to the Talented 10 podcast over the last year. So Welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, Appreciate man. you for having me. <laughs> okay. Where do you want to start? So that's another element of this. I normally am a control freak on conversations as it relates to my podcast. But the lineup I've already reached out to, I've kind of asked them to somewhat lead these conversations. And so that's why I'm throwing it to Jerry and it's not customary, but I'm gonna do it in this in this season, in this series. So Start us off, and we're going to have an organic conversation because I know it's going to be good. Yeah, most definitely. It's about time. <laughs> I know. We've been talking um, about it. I know, I know a lot of conversations we've had uh, have been really circled around this word, this word discernment. Yep. Uh-huh. And it's a word I do feel flies over a lot of people's heads. Um a word maybe they've not used to or been exposed to. Um, but really a big thing here in 2021 I'd like to talk about is what do you have that could be offered as a gift to someone else that is not tied to your pocketbook? So, it's a perfect one because it's what we're doing right now what we're about to do for a while is I don't think you can have wisdom without honesty with yourself and I think also and we've talked about people are dishonest with the with the fact that they're people believe they're honest with themselves and they're dishonest about that and so I don't really think until you are truly able to look yourself 
inward are you going to be able to reach that wisdom that's worth sharing that that it can be considered a gift so for for me the direct answer to that question would be not me self-ordaining myself wise but having candid honest conversations with people to which at the end of those conversations you feel like you've grown and so for me that would be the answer to you know what kind of gift do i have that isn't tied to my pocketbook because a lot of most of almost i don't even know if anything we talk about has anything to do with money um, right. and it's universal information too what about you i mean you god you have so many gems that I write down and try and steal. I think a big one for me, which can be in certain places an asset or a liability, depending on one's perspective, is my ability to always want to solve a problem. And it's, it's across the board. And it makes me a little hard to express feelings to. Because when you express your feelings, I take it as you want an answer to your problem, not as you just want me to comfort you in this place where you are. Um, And I had to figure out most people, that's what most people do. They want to use my compassion as a crutch, which is one thing, you know, I had put in my notes. It's, it's just, idea that oh I, I don't want to fix anything but i want you to care about it mm-hmm. yeah so we i've admitted to you before that's something i still gotta to work on right because i get frustrated to use let's jump into it because you knew it was going to come up movement versus monument right mm-hmm. which is one of the most profound things you've ever said to me you know are you in movement or are you a monument? Are you kind of sitting still? And for me, it's hard sometimes for me to step outside of how rare my mindset is. Like I think humans naturally want to feel like who they are is who most people are. Even the people who feel confident and exceptional, we can lose that perspective that when you are rare, when you do have rare qualities, when you do have rare commitments, rare devotions, rare work habits, uh, rare modes of thinking, all these different things, there's gonna be less people who understand you. And to your point, your compassion, and I know firsthand, this isn't me just speaking to a stranger, I know firsthand that your compassion is built upon helping people progress and get better. Because you get better when you help other people get better. You're able to find lessons, even in the lessons you're leading. It's almost like a great professor, right, who who teaches the same subject for 20 years, but depending on who's in that class, they get an even deeper perspective, which is know one reason why i kind of wanted to be a professor is because i wanted to see a fresh look on the same thing which is a very very hard quality to have and when you do have that your relationships are really strong Uh, we 
we talk about mm-hmm. marriage and friendships and stuff like that. But if you can find newness in the consistency, man, you're dangerous. Um, but I know from your compassion, you can get frustrated because you identify and then design a course of action. That's the that's why you're one of the greatest at what you do. Jesus. Um, and <laughs> and so I totally can relate to that because I know how that drives you nuts. How do you deal with that, though? Because, you know, I texted you last night, discernment. Like, at what point do you move on? At what point do you see that you're bringing your exceptional qualities into someone who may not have those same qualities so your frustration is born out of what you would do like how have you handled that um for me and that's a big thing i learned in suspension Mm -hmm. uh just over the head is control what you can control and so a lot of times i think we we tend to get stuck in the middle of a process or something uh, and want to blame the person instead of blaming what you trusted them with. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned just to limit access to me. I need to let everyone know that some of you it, don't, don't come to me <laughs> with your feelings. Right. This is not a safe place for you. Right. This is not a place where I will cry with you uh, for the rest of the week. No, that's not what we're doing. And it's interesting you brought up movement versus monument. Well, that's, your, that's ties, your thing. I mean, it ties right into the conversation. And right. I believe when you've been through your own experiences in life, whatever those are, things in comparison are relative. And so me being through suspension, some of the problems I have day to day now that would have been just like, oh my goodness, beforehand are like, okay, well, that's something on the side. Let me hurry up, fix that, whatever. And so when you bring your problems to me, on my scale, it's like a one out of 10. Mm -hmm. And for you, it's a nine out of 10. And because I want to live in this movement area, where I'm just steady moving, I don't feel I have time to stop and be a monument with you. Because then you you kill what I have going on. Oh yeah. So I think at some point I had I have to realize me helping you is affecting me. It's kind of like I well I was watching a sermon and I sent it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Year's Eve. Yep going into and the it, I, I really wouldn't even consider it a sermon it was so profound even the title just dedication to destiny and yep. he he talked about how you don't need to swing at every ball that comes your way mm-hmm. yes the ball may be it may look good it may even be a right ball but it's not your ball right that's somebody else's stop saying yes to everything yep say no to some things because that's somebody else's yes. And so I have to realize, one, stop trying to help people who don't want to be helped. And and two, just limit limit access to me. Just 
I want to let you know you you this is not where you should come <laughs> to express those emotions. Well, it's 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 fun. It's funny you say that because it's not funny, but it's on point because you know for a long time when I was younger and I've, I've, I've admitted this to you before but when I was younger I was just I was just I've said it on the podcast I was a little bit more I was advanced I was further ahead and so I didn't understand that in in, in the moment peers didn't understand that in the moment when I started to understand that I, I wanted to I wanted to be liked I didn't necessarily want to be fitted uh, wanted to fit in um, I've never had that instinct but you want to be as I talked about appreciated and understood and when you do that you can go too far to that side and you start there's nothing wrong with living a servant life, right? From a from a not being selfish with self, sharing yourself. But then there's a fine line where you're not advancing yourself because you're pouring so much into other people, which sounds noble if you're only looking at the moment. But in the long run, you're actually limiting the amount of people that you can help that want to be helped that will be helped because you're not continuing to advance yourself as your life goes on and i had to learn that and it's a very it's it's like ripping off it's not even a band-aid it's like it's like cutting something off because it's hard it's really hard because the people who have been relying on you will hit you with the you're changing, you're doing all this, the guilt tripping, right? Because they don't want to be untethered from their crutch. You know, you were using crutch last night. That's their survival instinct, is to guilt people into remaining their own foundation, right? But you got to get over that. And that's, you know, that's a very... That's a very hard thing to do. I, I always say, you know... Being a good person is easy. It's staying a good person that's hard. Well, it that applies to a multitude of things. You know, because once you are something to someone, the receiver of that wants to you wants you to remain that to them. And that's just not necessarily what's best for both sides. Um Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think a lot of people are looking for a starting point. This this so-called point where they can go to and correct everything that's out of place. And for me, that place is, I think we tend to, I mean, obviously see a lot with our eyes, yep. but we get so focused on what's out there instead of what's in here. That inward you eye. See it, you see it all the time, even with you know the whole statement. You changed, like okay, <laughs> you 
You know that's one of my pet peeves. I was like, okay, well, was I not supposed to? Yeah. What, I mean, what? What do you expect? You expect people not to move to stay in the same place for the rest of their lives? Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you just hear it from a lot of people. You so focused on what somebody else isn't doing that you don't even know what you can do. Right. And I think you, ha you people have to learn. It starts with you. Stop, stop focusing on everyone else and what their life look like. It starts with you. You have to find what it is that makes you you. Who are you? You know, we talk all the time about identity. Yep. Let stop me, looking for yourself in other people. Let me ask you this to build on that. How much of winning your appeal on suspension and everything how much did that we don't have to get into the specifics of that but how much did that time frame did it enhance your view on this or did it establish your view on this like have you always lived by that code or did kind of being isolated becoming one with self again seeing things with a fresh look you know because when you when you're a high level athlete and i've been around them for years um you get in a tunnel and that's okay that's and so you don't even see sometimes the periphery did that time frame what did it reveal or did it enhance what did it what did that do that's a good question Honestly, I would say it established a few things okay. for me that I did not have prior to the situation. You know, I tell my coach all the time, we joke about it, but it's so serious. I was better coming out than I was going in. Mm -hmm. um, but That's for me, it, it established <laughs> a few things. Um, the concept of legacy being one. Because you have to protect yours. Right. And it's it's so hard to get caught up in the moment, especially when things are going well and they're moving fast. Usually if it's going well, it's moving fast. Yeah. that's a, And, that's a... you know, you just, you get caught up in the here and now. And you, even if you're financially literate and, you know, you're saving money and you're doing this and you're doing everything right, right it's still not the same as having a clear view of what's ahead yeah. and then making steps to get there. Mm -hmm. The second thing was really finding out that patience is a virtue. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we do throw patience around just the word. Oh yeah. Very loosely. Very few people have it. Right. And, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, I, I waited in line at the grocery store. I was patient today. Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, you can call it patient. You, you, To me, you were just waiting, but putting it on the, a bigger scale of life. Yeah. And, and really, really seeing that having that patient opens up the peripheral views of things. And now you have more of a total view of what's going on in front of you and what's going on on the side of you. And it helps, it, it enhances decision-making. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I, and I see so that much. in you too. I think people do get decisive, confused with how quick you make a decision. Yeah. But for me, it was when I can make a decision now and know that I've made it based on everything in front of me, all the ingredients. I don't second. I don't check myself. So can I can I comment on that? Yeah, yeah. That. I've never asked you that, or I've never, we've never had the conversation in which that uh, explanation of patience have come out. But just as a friend who, I remember when you text me, you text me before it was announced, and we always stayed in contact throughout that whole process. And I'm gonna tell you, as a, uh, as a friend and someone who has learned many things from you, you know, that's the one that's been most impactful to me. Is you said before the news broke, you're going to hear something. It's not true. I'm going to fight it. And it took how many months? 19. 19 months. And I never doubted it that you were telling me the truth because you're not going to tell me something straight on that isn't true. But the patient side of it, because it, man, I mean, I only saw what you let me see and that was enough, right? And so to see, I can totally understand how what you just said is true because you had to be patient. There was real stuff on the line. There's money on the line. There's legacy on the line perception on the line when you're a good person and you put in the work to remain one you know how fickle that all of that all the things that you said no to that you didn't indulge yourself in all those things all the fun or whatever you may have missed all of this to remain true to who you are you protect that you i mean it, it is because you don't want to screw it up and then you look back and say man all this time I wasted, or not wasted, but all this time and all this effort in remaining a good person has been for naught because of one thing. You weren't going to let that one thing that wasn't true wreck all of that. And so me being able to see that through the process impacted me extremely um, because I haven't faced that type of adversity. Now, I feel a certain duty to my moral constitution that I don't think I've deviated from in my 30, what will be 31 years tomorrow. So sometimes you feel like you're on an island with that. Like you don't really see someone else sacrificing those things. And they are. There are people out there who do. But most people who do that stuff keep it to themselves. For me to be able to see that confirmed who I am because I haven't faced that level of crisis, um, but I've faced my own. And it's always powerful when you see people sacrificing for the good fight, for principles, for who they are, their family's name, all these different things. When you see that and you do that yourself, it's invigorating. And so I've never told you that, but 
very, yeah. very, very significant um, in my life to be able to to view that. I mean, you you will have a special place for allowing me to be, and trusting me, you know. That's I don't take that for granted, right? Um, but that I don't think you. I mean, it it'll come a time for you to tell that story with all its color. Uh, I know you've talked about it a little bit in, in various ways, but you got a real story that's really going to be impactful once you finally tell it. But I, I had to say that to you because I didn't plan on it, but when you brought it up, I mean, I don't think people know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely true that, you know, going going through that type of adversity, you know, and for me, it's not so much the adversity, it's the it's the expectation. Like, where where did it come from? It's the shock. Yeah. You know, when you when you know, <laughs> you put all this body of work in. Yeah. And then uh, it's like one thing can knock it all off. All of it. <laughs> all of you it. Know, it's just like, whoa! Wait a minute. They yeah. didn't teach us this. Yeah. In school. Yeah. You've always been taught, you do something right long enough you get rewarded for mm-hmm. and 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 i brought up i brought that up not to get deep into it but i brought it up because of what you said about you want to stay in motion you want to be helpful but if you're not working to fix your express problems you got to kind of move on and that's i i I, br- I brought up the suspension thing because i believe that anyone who from this point forward, anyone who wants to have any significant, and correct me on this if I'm, I'm wrong, but I feel like anyone who wants to have a significant place with you is going to have to understand that 19 months and why you're not going to be wasting time. 100%. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't know that stuff and be like, well, I don't get it. It's like, no, no, you, you, it's just, this is a significant uh, moment. And, and so it's going to, it's going to paint how you're going to have to interact with somebody. I mean, that's just how it works. And, and you know, the, the biggest thing that it did for me, which I haven't really communicated to anyone uh, except you, I sent you my notes kind of for 2021, but it was based off of, me coming out of suspension um but the the balance that it taught me yeah just the balance in life it was the first time you know we we see it as isolation yes i had to be isolated i had just moved out of my house to an apartment because my coach took another job in tennessee and so i'm out here around people i don't know i'm suspended I can't go anywhere. And so all I have is myself in my house and practice. And then even at some point, it's like, why practice when we don't know the results of anything or even the timetable? And so it taught me so much balance because it's the first time I've had to be in movement and a monument. 
And yeah. that's, I mean, yeah. that's a highly intellectual Yeah, because you were made to be a monument, but you still found movement even in that as well, which right. is, it's, dude, that is, that is like the, you know, one of the highest levels you, of learning. It makes you kick in what makes you you. Yep. Like being isolated and then not having my usual opportunity, championships, etc. Okay, now I have to figure out who am I and what makes me me and whatever that is has to kick in right now. Right now. And while that while that is kicked in, I'm over here realizing what I'm not good at. Yeah. And having to work on that side of me. And so it was this balance where you need to stand still but move at the same time. Absolutely. I mean I uh in your notes, you know, I, I went through an underline on it, and I think how we began is a perfect segue into the first two lines that I underlined. And it's you ask the question, who can see you as an asset when you look like a liability? <laughs> right? That's a very good question, right? Because, you know, if you if you look like a million bucks, I mean, it's easy to go grab you, right? <laughs> right, completely. But when you look like negative two hundred thousand, can't you see how that investment of two hundred thousand is going to yield a billion? Say, right? Did uh, is that question born out of that headspace or a different one? It's born out of a, a little different headspace. And I think we 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 have a lot of relational conversations. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with that carry a lot. And yeah. I don't mean external things, but just you yourself carry a lot. And you are a lot to handle. Yep. Um, there are always situations in life no matter how intellectual you are, no matter how talented you are, you do not always look like an asset. Yep. And you being an asset is relative to who's looking at you. Right. Your stuff does not fit everyone. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's, it's all about growth, not necessarily potential, mm -hmm. because potential is not always reached. But this growth factor where I look at you and I see the intangibles and I see where you are and who you are does not fit your position. Mm -hmm. Which I talked to you uh, a couple conversations back about when I asked my coach, did, did he feel where he was was not necessarily where he should be. Right. Does he feel underpaid? Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of times your assets look like liabilities to people, not because the people are bad, but because you've misplaced yourself. Yeah. 
I think we have to do a better job of knowing what we have and then putting it in its right place. Well, I wanted to follow up on what you said initially there, <clears throat> which has got me thinking, which is how this shit stuff always goes. When we, <laughs> we, we're going here and then it's just like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> when you carry a lot, the people you interact with who allow you to carry a lot have to understand that you're going to be a lot to handle. Right? If I'm carrying 500 pounds on my back, it's going to be harder to handle me with that extra weight. Right? And see, I don't understand sometimes why people are surprised when those who take on so many burdens and responsibilities are harder to handle, which is probably a euphemism. We're probably making handles probably a nice word. The real word you and I have talked about, we've faced, is control. If I have a lot of responsibilities, and I'm and I'm and I'm carrying on without complaint, that's just who I am. That's just what I do. Uh, to use the Godfather quote, you know, this is the life we've chosen. It's gonna, for most people, they're not gonna want to be controlled. And so, what I, I say all that to say to kind of transition into the when we're talking about compromising and relationships and things like that if you're not willing to share those burdens or those responsibilities or things like that you have kind of given up any type of logical I don't know like you've given up the right to try and control someone now I, you and I believe nobody should be controlled Right. So it, it, it's just more about, you know, when you want to bite off a big chunk, you know, it's going to be harder to chew. And and that's something, you know, my word for 2021, I told you last night, was discernment. Right? And you started it off. And I got to trust. Right. So my podcast, people know the six things that I look for in relationships, friendships, corporate relationships, romantic relationships. And so discernment is applied to those principles. I'm not going to go through all of them, but we may touch on all of them. And what I wrote to you about trust was in 2021, I'm trying to be able to discern who to trust better, but more importantly, what to trust people with. And Mm. And I said that because a lot of times we talk about people and we say, do we trust them? Do we not? It's just binary. And we don't ever go into the, well, what do I trust them with? Just because there's something within a person that you don't trust them with. And that's just not, that's not dishonesty. Just you're not the person that I rely on for that think they're not trustworthy or we talk that way but the reality is i'm gonna work on the ability to discern what 
elements of a person I can trust as opposed to looking at it from the whole of a person. Because trusting someone with the majority of not everything is rare. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. Um, I like to think I'm a very trustworthy person. But I may not be the person that you can trust with everything. And so that's an element that I'm trying to take into 2021 to kind of dive deeper into those types of things. And so um, I told you I was going to get off on a tangent. Yeah, that is actually interesting when you sent that to me. That was out of the whole <laughs> paragraph you sent me, the whole book. That that little piece stood out to me because I put it in my notes as well, but I just questioned it. What can you be trusted with? I mean, to be honest, yeah, like you said, it's rare that someone can be trusted with everything. And I do think when it comes to relationships, that's where a lot of uh, men and women get confused thinking your significant other can be your whole world. Mm -hmm. Right? There are some things that I don't trust about you. And you know, and you should know that they aren't trustworthy. I right. mean, we all have something. Right. Which doesn't mean trusted. you're dishonest, right? Just because I don't trust you with paying a bill doesn't mean I think you're stealing money. It just means that, you know, you got to look at it. And, and that's why discernment matters. Can you right. discern the difference when I don't ask you to do something or trust you to do something or go to you first to do something? Do you have the discernment to understand that that is not a character indictment? It doesn't mean I don't love you or like you. It doesn't mean that I think you're dishonest. It just means you're just not the one for this. And that's why I, you know, that's why I put discernment in there because I just don't think a lot of people thread that needle. And it's, it's easy for people uh, I, I don't like saying real people, but <laughs> people who are first honest with themselves. Yes. Yeah. Can usually read someone else like a book. Yes. Not because of so much that I observed you, but I talked to you a couple conversations ago about you crave what you are. Mm -hmm. I naturally have friends for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. You're not my friends because I love the totality of you as a person. <laughs> no, I love you like a brother, but there are certain aspects to you that are assets to me. Right. And that's okay. And I take those and I leave the rest. Yes. And yes, I think I think we have to learn that why you should strive to be trusted in all areas. Mm -hmm. Know that some people are going to go to other places for certain things. And oh. like you said, that's not a character indictment. Right. Don't be so sensitive about it. It's it's life. Yeah. Yes, you can be married with one person, but it's just not child to living in the world. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which sounds so obvious, but it's just such a high hurdle for certain 
not even for certain for most humans to you know uh, i don't and that's why i've always said you know i don't like the mindset i understand the mindset but i don't like the mindset of trying to be someone's everything of trying to you know just dominate another human being or their feelings or their you know their communications their their values their choices their time it's just it's a fool's errand it, and it, it's just going to lead to disappointment and the older i get the more i realize disappointment's going to come but i have no patience with people who are surprised by predictable disappointment if you know something isn't going to happen and you are disappointed when that truth bears out i'm going to be frustrated you know <laughs> that's just that's, like, that's one of the pet peeves i communicate with you is like yes you you see the snake in the grass and then you invite it into the garden yeah and you get mad when it bites you yep for what, what? did you expect exactly. a snake will be a snake <laughs> don't expect a snake to be a teddy bear uh so the next one was um drill down with this on me because you're you know you're great at what you do there's and it's a lot of freaking work i i love following track wire because i love seeing the hill and uh <laughs> it's like this human that y'all hate but it's just a bridge but the de the dedication has dedication has to be an internal impulse not an external reaction man let's dive into that one because that was the one i about called you immediately i was like i can't i don't have a equipment set up i'm about to waste another great conversation okay i'll wait till tomorrow but that's that's good my my initial thought just when i was writing that down was I think a lot of times we we tend to hold our best back for a specific time, not realizing that your best has to be at the front with the small stuff mm -hmm. so you can get to the big stuff. And so, you know, you hear it all the time, you know, well, I'm not going to do that until I, I get my new position in my job. You know, then I'll be diligent and charismatic and all this other stuff. And it's like, no, don't. Why are you holding some of yourself back here? Yep. Because in reality, if it's just like if I give someone ten dollars, if I can't trust you to be yourself with the ten, I'm not going to give you a hundred. Right. Don't tell me once you get a hundred, then you'll be financially literate. Yeah. Then you'll budget. Then you do this, you do that. No, do it with what you have now, and stop letting position dictate your character. Mm. You see, people. Jeez. No, you're right. I mean, that's. You know, I'm a. I love leadership. Yeah. Probably what I talk about the most, in some form, right? Because a lot of times people think about leadership in jobs or 
it's really people masquerade leadership when they're really talking about control right and influence that ain't leadership it can be a part of it but that's not what it is when you have that mentality in your individual life it makes being a leader harder or actually it 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 ultimately pays off it ultimately makes you a better one but when people are not used to that level of commitment to imp- putting that imprint on everything, you come off abrasive, uh, mm. insensitive, lacking in understanding. All these different things that when you do this and in, in the vast majority of everything you do, the reaction to by people who don't is to try and ostracize that. And it's a very, because that's what I, that's what I thought about when, you, you know, dedication has to be an internal impulse and not an external reaction. A lot of times it's an external reaction. Oh, the boss is here. I got to be more accountable today. Mm. That's an external reaction. The boss is here. The boss is here. So my reaction now is to try and show dedication. Now, that is, that makes leadership harder when you have that day-to-day grind mentality. Now, on the flip side, when you're led by someone who doesn't have it, they tend to recognize that external reaction and they downplay those who are bringing it every day because they get used to seeing the dedication in the person in which it's an internal impulse. And so they discount it and they give too much credit to the person who only externally reacts when they're around. It's a very, it's a very hard thing. It affects not just business, but I think more importantly, as we, let's expound on this, it affects relationships. Consistency can drive away good people, right? Because you realize look, it's hard to be committed, dedicated every day. But it's easy to get used to the people who are every day. So why do you wait all these periodic things higher than the person who's consistent on a daily basis? It's a very hard and, and, and that's why I limit who I'm around, right? Because you, if you won't understand it in appreciation, then you can start readjusting that day-to-day dedication mindset because you see that momentary periodic show as getting more appreciation and more understanding from someone that you're with or dealing with. And if I feel that, I got to cut you off. Because I don't, it, it, it took many, many years to really get in that mindset. I have not had that mindset long. I'll be honest. Most yeah. people act like they've had, they've been dedicated, they've been grinding day to day since they were 10 years old. No, the fuck you haven't. <laughs> you just have not. You, you haven't. It's the biggest struggle in my life. 
and because I want it to be. Um, and part of being committed day to day is making sure you're committed day to day. And it's hard for people to be a, hold themselves accountable once, twice, three times a year. It's dang sure hard to hold yourself accountable 365 days a year. And that's, that reminds me of something Kevin Durant said that was so profound. And I usually <laughs> would not ever take anything from KD. Okay, from I was about to. Standpoint. But he, <laughs> he was talking about basketball and just kind of the rise, the ascension. And he was, he said, I had to learn to stop trying to prove people wrong and prove myself right. And I, I thought about it, and yes, it's that it's that shift of you doing something because of what's out there versus what you want to do and why you want to do it. And from a relational standpoint, I think I bump into the problem of wanting to be challenged all the time. Because one of my strongest assets is I love work. Mm -hmm. It was one of the reasons I was able to practice 19 months without knowing if I was going to be suspended for four years or not. Just And we're not I, I talking learned. about just going and, and not jogging. I always knew about myself. And we're not talking about, uh, I don't mean to derail the point, but we're not talking about just like jumping rope jogging like right. we're talking about practicing like an olympic level athlete that you are for 19 months with no sense that it was gonna yield anything like it's we're not talking about your casual commitment to the gym we're talking right. about a world-class level commitment for 19 months with no confirmation of the work. That's freaking hard, man. And, and it's something I had to learn about myself. You know, I wouldn't have always told people I love work. Mm -hmm. I mean, the sound of it doesn't even sound good. <laughs> Just, right. you know, but being in relationships, not necessarily girlfriend, boyfriend, but just friendships, um, I learned that I love to be challenged. Mm -hmm. I like people who can advance my thoughts, that can hold me accountable, that can make me change in my perception or my perspective on a certain view. Mm -hmm. I, I love being challenged. And so I can't be in this atmosphere when it comes to a relationship with a woman, a young woman. I can't be in this atmosphere where Either one, you're acting like my mother. You're trying to take care of me. I don't want that. And two, everything I say goes. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I don't want that. Well, do we want to get into relationships? You can put me on the hot seat, man. Because, yeah, you know, I've, I've reverted back to controlling the conversation as opposed to let you control it. Can I hold no, no, yeah, I, I do think it's a big thing that people struggle with a lot. 
like I told you, I, I don't want to hear these New Year resolutions about how you learn. You, I, I've been meaning to text you because you've been trying to you've been trying to entice people to do it. What are these New Year's resolutions? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I've I been watching. I don't you. want to hear you for the tenth time in your life talk about. <laughs> I learned not to trust people this year. That uh, you know, people just out here doing anything. Um. Why hasn't hasn't your expectation of people changed? Mm. I, because I, I don't think the problem is that you're not aware. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is what you hinted at earlier is consistency versus things that happen periodically. Mm-hmm. How long can a high place hold you for? I look good in this small moment where I'm treating you right. It's Valentine's Day. You know, it's holiday season. You know, people call it cuddling season. And it's like, oh, you know, all this stuff that you focused on right now is blinding you from how you really feel about a situation. And then when that season ends... (laughs) And your eyes open back up. Now all of a sudden they're a bad person. And you put all the blame on them. When they're not the problem, you're you're unstable. Yeah. That the, you, it's stability. No, it, you're <laughs> you're it's 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 stability that scares people. And and people act like that's what they seek. It's it's not. Like <laughs> I just need someone who's consistent and stable and all that. That is the opposite of what you're looking for. It's boring, right? That's what people say, which I, I, Mm -hmm. I will argue people to the ends of the earth on that. Well, it's boring. You know, all you do is this, all you do is that you don't want everyone. I have to have a consistent environment for growth to take place. Everything can't be chaos. And I'm certainly not inviting chaos into my home, right? Mm -hmm. The world is tough. And if you don't have a mindset that finds comfort in that stability, and you mean it, because I've stayed single a long time because I knew I didn't want that yet. 100%. I've, you know, one thing I say, the older you get, the more life slows down for you. But the smaller those windows for opportunity, they're, they're smaller. When you're, when you're younger, life is faster. And, you know, you, you miss an opportunity, but it's not gone really yet. And when you get older, those windows in time, they're small. And we're, when you're out screwing around, and I don't mean like screwing around, but when you're out wasting time and not being deliberate, I think that may be another word, Jerry, that I had to my 2021 is being deliberate. Because I talked to Rakim, you know, he asked me what, what is something I'm going to work on. 
and, and one of those things for 2021, one of those things is being more deliberate in dating. Now, I've said that to a couple people, and they're like, oh, you're going to start dating now. Like, well, number one, I've been dating, but you're making it seem like I'm just about to go on dates once a week. All like, right. deliberate doesn't mean all the time. It just means there's some intentionality there. Doesn't mean there's a bunch of it. It just means that when it does occur, there's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit more deliberate. So even that gets misconstrued, right? Like just people don't have the same view and the sense of urgency about certain things. But anyway, yeah, I, <clears throat> I talked to you about it, um, and it's a, it was at the top of my my note list, but. No, one of my focuses for 2021 was being more specific, specificity. Yep. I think a lot of times I allow people to come into my life because you satisfy one aspect of me, but not all of me. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to have multiple people that satisfied different places in my life. And knowing that one, it's okay to be specific about what you want and what you're looking for. And being specific about what you don't want. Mm -hmm. You know, I did put a note in there. Um, you know, why do we want opportunities? that we aren't prepared for. Well, so that was, I'm glad you, great segue. You should do this for a living. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's drill down on that because um, I don't know how many conversations ago, but one of the most impactful things you said uh, was, you know, people focus on Do they know who they are? Or people sh more people should focus on do they know who they are? And everyone should understand, you know, or try to know who you are not. And I think those two things kind of go hand in hand. What you just said and then do you know who you are not? Do you know what isn't for you? Right. See, those are those questions that... <laughs> know people start going fiddling in the kitchen and going in the, they don't want it they don't want that they don't want that question posed do you know who you are not and when you said that it really made me look at it kind of made me look at you know how many people are always trying to feel the holes in from that same line of thinking. Mm -hmm. How many people are trying to chase after the things they are not, as opposed to working and and, and building their opportunities and, and growing the things that they actually are. And it kind of goes to what you said about you know why do you want an opportunity? How did you phrase that? Do yeah, you, why do you, why do we want opportunities that were not prepared for it, yeah. Right. 
what are you what is your thoughts on that because I, I think that's a great question yeah and I, I think that's a question that just encompasses life in general but you know since we're kind of on the relational aspect what you just said was so profound to me I do think in relationships we look for other people to fill empty holes mm -hmm. that we have right as if I come into this half a cup you come in half a cup and we gonna make a full cup together that's not how it goes no we both have to be complete right oh yeah do you want to go there for now it's not I mean, organically happened. I mean, that's a problem for me. Like, I'm a whole person, and and I and I think, you know, I, I thank my parents, I thank my brother, I thank a lot, mostly my friends for giving me or helping me retain the confidence to be the whole Brendan that's probably been here and most people who listen to the podcast know probably since I was 15 that was kind of the year I'm a whole person and that doesn't mean I'm not going to compromise it's just to say you know what analogy I'm about to use <laughs> <laughs> there's a pie <laughs> And that pie has been allocated since I was 15. For you to be a part of this pie, you're going to have to displace something that I'm already allocating that pie to. I don't have empty spaces at this age. At my age, the whole of me is full and it's allocated. And that's part of bringing your whole self to everything you do. That's a part of being consistent on a day-to-day -day basis. Are you maxing out yourself? I feel I am. I really do. Now, is it as efficient as it could be? No. That changes as life changes and all these different things. But I don't I don't I don't keep a reserve of me on a shelf. So if you want to be a part of my life, you're going to have to earn my energy to reallocate myself. And you may not destroy, you may not supplant and take something out because I don't really have any, I don't really have any uh, desire to take anything out of my life right now. But right. I may, I may readjust the portion of it. So that's another thing. It's twofold. You're going to have to displace something that I've already committed to, which is fine. But even if you put in the work to displace it, you're not destroying it. You don't get to destroy something that I'm already committed to. You don't get to make me do that just to feel like I care, like I'm committed. All these different things that women want sometimes. And not just women. You have to earn a piece of the pie and be okay 
that whatever you took from isn't going to be destroyed. And that's a very, dude, that takes such a mature person because people want to take over. And I just ain't wired that way. And it's not a 50 and a 50 coming to this motherfucker. It's, <laughs> you need to have your whole self, your identity. What 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 was the what did we say like a Venn diagram? Oh uh, yeah. I have my circle. I need you to have your circle, and it's gonna overlap. That's why we say Venn diagram. But the integrity of the circle hasn't changed. Correct. And I would like as much overlap as possible. Not I don't want us to overlay on ourselves to make a single circle. But. The analogy is a Venn diagram. And I think a lot of people just want to take their circle, put it on top of yours, and say, this is our circle now. No, <laughs> no, no. So talk me through that. What do you think about that? Yeah, so just to give context on the, the statement, which, by the way, you know, the, when you first told me the pie analogy, yeah. I mean, that, that spoke so many volumes to me. And it really, one thing that stood out is everything that we add to our life requires something of our life. Yeah. And when you brought in, brought up the pie analogy, it was like, yes, you can't, the pie is not getting bigger and it's not getting smaller. The same circumference mm -hmm. is just portions are being allocated based on who is in the pie. Yep. But yeah, to give some context to just that statement, we always want opportunities that we're unprepared for. It actually stems from a conversation I had uh, with a girl I know um, that went through some relationship problems. And I was just kind of get throwing questions at her trying to uh, figure out what, what she had going on in her head and she made a statement that really not changed my view but it, it opened my view a little more and, and she said a lot of men she attracts always want her to become a smaller version of herself to enhance their manhood. Mm -hmm. And so, and then she got into the, the cheating aspect. She says she felt a lot of men will cheat instead of breaking up with you because they know they can't handle you, but they know what they have. And so you don't want to let go what you have, even though you can't handle it. Which, which really brought up the question for me was, and I asked her, I said, so do you feel people, men just like the idea of you and not the responsibility of you? And I think we, we a lot of times, we want to avoid responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big word for a lot of, a lot of us. Scary. We, we, we want to avoid responsibilities, especially the ones we didn't ask for. And I think at its max, the most responsibility you can have is another life, mm -hmm. another person. 
you it's not just you anymore you are not making decisions based off of your pie right you're making decisions based off the venn diagram and that's an area that many of us try to avoid and i think is a leading cause to why a lot of men i would say hesitate going into you know marriage dating it's this responsibility yeah and it, it even gets bigger with you know people who already have children oh yeah now, now you're taking on a package and not one person right which Are you, a lot of people don't you know like you just said if you don't want to take on the responsibility of of of, of a significant other probably not going to want to take on a child either <laughs> right all right and that's you know that's always it seems intuitive but what we do know especially now given where the world is what seems intuitive can very easily be, be dismissed like it seems obvious but it's so easy to dismiss the obvious right now um that it's scary um what the i got i got this list of things that are written oh, yeah, down yeah. that you that you've uh that we've said i don't i actually don't know what my other sheet is but one thing you said was uh people don't realize there's an older you depending on a younger you when did you realize that or when did you i know that's a philosophy right but talk me through that one because that was that was one of those gems as well i i think i picked that up in suspension not surprising <laughs> but uh just to break down my suspension from an intellectual spiritual totality standpoint the first part of suspension was the struggle part right mm -hmm. you're still trying to gather all the facts and really come to the realization that you know what happened is is, is real life like yeah. this is going on and so that's the monument part you stuck trying to figure out why and all this stuff and then the middle part for me and I don't know how you know people are different spiritually but I'll be honest the middle part for me I was trying to find understanding right you have to understand I'm this person that loves work I love being challenged suspension is a challenge but I've, I've never like had myself challenged mm -hmm. I've always worked towards something else. It was never, oh, this is this is a challenge for me that looks a little bit out of my control. And I remember one day I was sitting in the room and I was sitting there crying. It was the second time it had been released publicly that I would that I had a four year suspension. The first time released, it was I was provisionally suspended. This time, we've given him the four-year suspension. And, you know, I'm sitting in, in, in the house crying. I'm just, I'm not necessarily crying because I feel I'm going to be suspended. It was more of the embarrassment. Right. Because people read things differently. Oh, yeah. 
you know, a headline might say one thing, but people take words and twist them and put make their own sentences. <laughs> and, you know, it was the embarrassment. And I, I just remember I was sitting there and and God came to me and he said, I'm going to need you to take this one on the chin. Just take it on the chin. It's necessary. What you're going through right now is necessary. And so once I had that understanding that, okay, to get where I'm trying to go, I have to go through this little pile of stuff right here. Mm, yeah, pile okay, of stuff, all right. I can, <laughs> I can stand up all right. and I can take my L on the chin as a lesson. And so from there, it went to legacy. Okay, now I've had vision unlocked. My vision has unlocked, and now I'm looking out there, up there, instead of what I'm standing in. And I was watching the sermon, and you know me, I listen to a lot of TD Jakes, and it's funny because my mindset, I do feel is a little older than my age. It is. And so I naturally listen to older, more experienced, wiser people. Uh, there are a lot of pastors out right now, great ones, young ones that got the train rolling, but for some reason, I just naturally tend to fall into this T.D. Jakes category. Um, and he was preaching a sermon one day, and the sermon was about, I didn't know I was me. What is and that? And that title is so profound by itself. <laughs> Stroke but yeah, the, the title was, I didn't know I was me basically referring to his personal suffering. Mm -hmm. He didn't know what he had and where he would be 20 years up the road. Mm -hmm. He didn't know that then. And so it's hard to understand what you're standing in because you don't understand who you are or who you're going to be. And that was the same sermon. He released that statement. There's an older you counting on the younger you. And when he said that, I mean, it took me weeks to just unpack that statement by itself. Um, but it really, it really put things in a, in a different view for me. Okay. And he, he talks about how he plans his life out in decades, which is rare. People plan their life out three years, five years at the most. If and they do it all. <laughs> right, right. If they do it all. Yeah. He, he started talking about planning the life out in decades in this 10-year span. So each year, you know if it was a good or bad year based on the decade vision which was actually one of my notes in there. Uh, I don't know if I can quote it like he did, but he said, basically, your dreams aren't specific enough. Mm, yeah, I remember when he said that. And that lack of specificity causes you to just to be loose. Not, you, you don't hold yourself accountable because uh, you know, I just want to be a better person. Well, <laughs> in what way? <laughs> What is a better person? What what does that look like? 
And so for me, when I was sitting in the suspension and that that just revelation came to me that, okay, this is not about me right now. Mm-hmm. It's about me up there. Yep. And that's, you know, we talk a lot about legacy and that's really when it started to kick in for me. And I realized if I wanted to become this Olympic gold medalist, world record holder, world championship, et cetera, et cetera, I had to go through this place of suspension because it was going to give me something that I did not have before. Yeah. I'll tell you what, out of the three things that you you wrote for 2021, revealing balance, which I don't know how you're going to have a more revealing year than you've had (laughs) during the suspension. Revealing balance and specificity. Specificity was the one I sat with, right? Because I, I don't think that's a problem for me, right? Because um, I'm always a cool, but what does that really mean? Right. I need to be a better me. Well, number one, do you even know who you are? Because how are you a better version of something you don't even know? So before you can be a better version of you, I need you to know who you are, which most people don't. And then, like you said, be specific, a better version of what within you, what within you do you need to make better? If there's something that you don't list in that, then why does that part of you not need to get better? Like, you being a better version of you should be the automatic. Like, are you regressing? I mean, that's not a goal. That should be, like you said, the instinct. Um, But even just defining goals, why is that a goal? Like, a lot of people make goals, and they don't even know why they're those goals. I want to own a business. Great goal. Now, but why do you want that business? What is the goal of that business? How are you going to sustain that business? What are you going to need to get to where you want in the future with that business? And it's the same way with, and and, and I'm lucky I've worked in strategy. So I understand the importance of of a plan. Some people don't like planning because the more you plan, the more you're going to be disappointed when things don't go to plan. And they use that as an excuse not to make one in the first place. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Plans don't work 100%, so therefore plans are useless. No. It's not true. You need to know what you want, why you want it, how you're going to get it, how you're going to grow it, and what is going to grow from that to the next thing. And then what are the steps that need to be taken to make sure all those things happen or confirm those assumptions that you've made about your own self? Like, and that's my mindset. But strategy can be specific and in that same specificity be vague. And that's one of the best lessons I learned from consulting. You can have a deliverable that has specific action items or things or identification of problems and 
how you fix them. But they can be so general that they can be so specific yet so general that they're hard to be implemented. Mm. Like you can read it and it's specific. But it's it's general in 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 how actionable it is. Right? Like you can yeah. be you from a athlete perspective, you can know what specific areas of your body or your technique you need to improve. That's specificity. But how you're doing it is left vague. What you're going to do, the frequency of it, the intensity of it, what you're going to have to work on that's going to be thrown out of balance because of this, all those different things that are super important can be left vague or unanswered. So you can go home thinking you got some uh, specific guidance that once it's all said and done, isn't specific at all. And that's the layer with which I read fear of specificity because I am specific, but certain times that execution of that specific goal or thing is left vague. And I need to improve on that. And that's the same place I have to work on, which is kind of why I put it, you know, yeah. I know I'm specific. I'm not, you know, back to the quote of who, <laughs> who are you not? Yeah. I'm not an artist. I don't just, the world is not floating around and mm-hmm. no such thing as time. And, you know, I'm just. These are all constructs. The yeah. These yeah, are no, constructs. That's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not who I am. Right. I love a detailed plan. Yep. Even though. I'm not a person who requires guidance. I love knowing what I want the result to be, where I'm starting, and what I'm doing in between. Which is one thing I had to I had to struggle with in suspension because coach is very good at laying out this plan and he works backwards from where he wants to get get me to and he'll work it all the way back and we'll start from there and i hate getting off of schedule mm-hmm. small stuff whether it be i had to travel somewhere i hate missing a workout because i mean that's just something i can't get back right and i had to learn i'm gonna say something that's way up there but the, the quote you gave uh, to me, I think now Davis, you said, said mm-hmm. that life is fair. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that life is on my side. Mm-hmm. Life is on my side. And it put in perspective that, okay, if life is on my side, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I became I became in suspension more sensitive to things that I would normally just throw behind me and keep moving. For example, I'm in suspension and I'm going to practice. Everything is normal. Well, not normal, but you know. Uh, Three times in one week, I got hit in the eye with paraphernalia. 
one day at practice, baseball is going on. We are totally out the way. Mm -hmm. A ball hits the ground. I mean, and smacks me in my eye. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, I'm so far over here. And out of all of us, it decided to hit me. All right. But I'm not at a place of sensit enough sensitivity yet. So it's like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. I fly back home. Go to take one of my dogs to the vet. She pulls the leash just a little bit. My dogs don't pull me. She pulls the leash a little bit. It turns me around. The garage is halfway up. Bam. In the eye. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, you get filled with all these emotions. You get angry. Okay, whatever. Throw it back. <laughs> I got hit in the eye the third time. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. What what is <laughs> what is somebody trying to tell me? God, are you trying? Are you saying I'm looking in the wrong direction? I mean, what's going on? Right. It it makes me stop and turn. Yesterday, I never do this. Never. I'm walking by my bed, hit my shin on the edge of the bed. And my initial reaction is to be mad at the bed. Right. <laughs> like it <laughs> came out and hit me. Okay, whatever. I don't pay it no mind. Later in the day, I come back, hit this, hit my other leg in the same spot. Bam. This is something I never do that I've done twice in one day. Okay. Something's trying to get my attention. Mm -hmm. What what what's all? Yeah, right. What's going on? And so, yes, I've had to learn to be <laughs> more sensitive to my surroundings. Mm -hmm. Coming from the perception of, okay, everything happens for a reason. And it's really put in perspective for me, just life in general. This was probably the first time I've gone into a new year and it didn't feel like a fresh start. Yeah. It feels, it just, I, I, it, it's it funny. It feels like life. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, Chris he, he's like, man, he said it on Snap, but it's true. I've been feeling it. it. It feels like we've had like six Sundays in a row. Like my whole sense of day and time is, my birthday is tomorrow and I, I, I couldn't, it doesn't feel like that at all i mean it's just but perception can be it, it what that does and i bring that up because when you have a consistency of mind even small changes and deviations can disrupt your perception of everything and i think that is kind of what i always used to the analogy of a of a of a Ford pickup versus a Formula One car, right? You know, you may have that Ford that people drove for twenty years, three thousand three hundred thousand miles on it, right? And that Formula One car may it it literally has to get work every few hours, right? Yeah. Why? Why is something made so general? able to sustain itself for so long and something so 
specific isn't. And the and the analogy is to me, it's because on that Formula One car, every single thing is tuned and optimized and for a purpose. And any deviation of that will throw the whole thing off. And I had to accept that, that if I'm going to try and be this high product, uh, highly productive, highly efficient, highly tuned person, mind, body, and soul, it's important to be on a smooth road. Because any bump that may not affect that general, normal, average forward pickup if I'm going to be a Formula One car, it could just throw that one screw off that causes a wheel to wobble, which screws an axle up, which, and it's just a domino effect. And that's one thing you have to be mindful of if you want to be that highly productive, highly skilled person is the small, and, and we, we get this, right? We, when you aren't in that category, it throws you for a loop how people like us may be sensitive to something that's small to you. Why are you worried about that? Why why is that even bothering you like that? Because I'm a Formula One car and that little stick in the third turn may cause a crash, may screw up my car, everything, and then I'm I gotta go in a pit stop. And all these other highly skilled, highly in tune individuals are either closing the distance or expanding the distance on me. That little stick for your forward pickup is nothing. Right. But that's where your wheels are, and my wheels are over here. And that quote from now was, you know, life is fair because it's unfair to everybody. And, um, that's a profound one right there, man. Now I'll never, I, I, because it just, it just, it taught me to set that aside, set the setbacks aside, because they're gonna be there. Now they're gonna be in varying degrees, and they're gonna cause varying outcomes depending on who you are and what it is. But move on from the life ain't fair thing. That don't mean don't try and make it more fair, but it's just to say it can't derail you. You can't check out because that's for sure. It's guaranteed life won't be fair. And that's, I, I, I think it's important for people to understand that what you just said, Formula One car, Holly Tunes, Lamborghini, let's mm-hmm. say. I think it's important for people to understand you cannot view yourself as either highly tuned or a Formula One. They're they're connected. It's it's a balance, right? For instance, as an athlete, I'm great at being explosive. Just my natural body type how I was born, my size, my weight. I'm strong for my body weight. 
and I can produce force at high speed. That's my Lamborghini. But let's say I get injured. I was injured because I was a Lamborghini. But to optimize that Lamborghini, I have to first learn how to become an athlete. Yes, I'm great in this area, but I have to become an athlete. And I think in our just <laughs> in our jobs as athletes, people forget you have to be this optimized human being before you can be the Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Your body has to move the way it's supposed to move. Ankles need to be mobile like they're supposed to. You have to take care of your body as a human being first and then move up to step two, being that highly tuned Lamborghini. And because if you don't, you're always going <laughs> yeah. to just go off road. You're always going to do it. And it's the same thing for relationships, right? People want, for instance, you may want a ladies, you may want a great husband gotta be a great person first (laughs) you can't see a shit individual and then wonder why he doesn't become the world's best dad to your point you gotta learn how to be in, in, in your case you gotta learn how to be an athlete before you can be an Olympic gold medalist the same it's the same thing it's the same thing in in relationships as well you got to learn how to be it's actually multiple steps you got to learn how to be a good person you got to be and we got to get back to this you got to learn how to be a good friend Mm. i don't think relationships uh romantic relationships will ever last if you're not friends you may stay together but I mean, what are you doing? So yeah, I mean, not to use the there's levels to it, but there are things that you have to learn first before you can learn the biggest things. And I think I don't think we I don't think we appreciate that. Like you have to take the time. Now, you may find somebody that you both can grow together. But the older you get, the less people who are looking for that. Like, I'm not interested at 31 to stick around while you figure who you are out. Now, you don't have to be a finished product. You can evolve. But to evolve means that you are. You're evolving from something that is can't evolve from nothing uh so you are gonna have to know who you are because i don't have the time to help you figure that out now i can work with you on the evolution and the growth and the building but that is that is a requisite for me uh for you to get any time with me 
I'd like to tie that into a conversation we've had previously uh, on a video you sent me. Um, and, I, and I think it talks more to the people who have climbed the mountaintop and you're, you're surrounded by people who are only faithful to who you used to be. Mm-hmm. To the highly tuned Lamborghini, you will attract highly tuned Lamborghinis with no gas in the tank. That will satisfy you for a moment yep. because they look like you but don't have the fundamental. Mm-hmm. They have missed the generalization. They have tried to go straight into this fine-tuned vehicle, whether it be they've been in the gym getting their body right and they think this is what this is what gonna hold your attention. Yep. Whether it be, you know, they do something that they know you do. They go read a book, whatever, and try to try and make themselves look intellectual. And and I think that's why discernment is so huge because it's it's seeing past what's right in front of you. Yep. It's seeing past that initial wall and saying, okay, let me not focus so much on how you treat me. Let me focus on how you treat the waitress if we go out to dinner. Yep. Because people will start to see you as an opportunity, not a human being. And they will act differently towards you than they will other people. And I think that's where we have to do a better job. Like you said, discernment, but just being wanting to be aware. I think you have to want to be aware. Well, that's yes, because yes, you got to want to be aware because I, what I challenge listeners to do in 21 you may have your list you may have your real list you may have your list for social media whatever on your list i hope you add development and trust of instincts a lot of people never develop their instincts if you do the next level would be trusting them very few people get to the instinctual level real the real ones not the just the base human ones but even sometimes those who do get to that step which is hard they ignore them it's like you said mm-hmm. somebody's treating a waitress like a a-hole doesn't mean that they're going to treat you like one but it doesn't mean they won't either like trust your instincts and and and, you know people use the the phrase you know can't see the forest for the trees and i always i used to do it as a joke but i've learned that it's actually a good counter to it is can you see the forest the trees and the leaves like it's not just enough to see the individual trees in the forest, but can you appreciate the the very little things on those individual trees in the forest? Right. 
and and that's kind of where we 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 are. It's hard to see the for, It's hard to see the trees in the forest, but some people do. But they think that's it. They found that tree amidst the forest, and it's like I got him. I found him or found her. And they don't look at the trees, the bar. The they don't look at all those things. They find somebody, but they don't go then and drill down further and learn the elements of that somebody that they felt that they found. And you know, I kind of start with the leaves. I might get to a branch. Might get to the trunk. I might get to the roots. And then I may start looking at other trees. And then I may look at the forest. But I got to learn it all. Right. <clears throat> got to. That's, that's good. And just, you sparked the thought, which you always do. <laughs> we both um, do. I think it's so necessary for, for people to know. And if you are listening, I want you to know this. You are not the exception to someone's behavior. Mm. You are not the exception to who they are as a person. If I can see someone else that steals from other people, it's foolish of me to believe they won't steal from me because of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think people have to understand before the relationship, it was their character. And the character will always trump the relationship, no matter what they feel. And I think a big, I don't know if I wrote it down when I sent this to you. Oh, yes, you underlined it. Are you governed by what your heart feels or what your head feels? That question was, I mean, it's just, that's the question. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I didn't write it because it's your notes, but um, the follow-up to that is work. And this is another suggestion for 2021. Work to align your heart and your head. They don't always have to be different. It's hard to live a life when your heart and your head are always telling you different things. Put in the work to align those things as best you can. They probably won't fully be aligned. And that's probably a good thing too. Cause I, you know, whether we want emotions and things to come into play or not, they will, um, you know, just because we can suspend them doesn't mean the people we're dealing with can. So you have to, have to be able to say you have to be able to understand the question you ask are you governed by what your heart feels or what your head thinks you need to answer that you need to once you get that answer you need to ask why you got that answer and then you need to work every single day to align your heart and your head because that's when you have surety of purpose. Is when those things align, what you know is best and what you feel is best, 
when you can get those two things aligned, that is that is the penultimate level of confidence that I think you can attain. And, you know, that continuity of the soul, you know, is important. Because if you never have that, you're always going to be questioning things. Always. Always. I think that goes back to your word that, well, probably the word we use most often is consistency. And yes, like you said, consistency doesn't always look good. Look good because, right, it has the predictable factor. Right. You know, do I do I really want someone that is predictable? Predictable is boring, but <clears throat> consistency just to go along with you know our combo it it attaches so many other things with it Mm -hmm. i believe consistency brings awareness brings sensitivity if you always like this and somebody drops a pebble in there you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) something is off Mm -hmm. i do believe yes consistency brings awareness sensitivity um a few more things, but yeah, it just allows you. I mean, that's what always works. Your feelings are not consistent. Mm-hmm. And so your feelings are always wrongfully decisive. Yeah. Or you or I'll challenge you on that. I'm a believer in stoicism. You know, people hear the word stoic, but they don't know that it goes back to a Greek philosophy that Romans adopted as well. Right. Um, uh, and I and, and, and if you if you want to learn more about it, I think you should read Meditations uh, by Marcus Aurelius, who was a known Stoic. And uh, people think that Stoicism, either as they, you know, they may not know it as Stoicism, the philosophy, but the 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 actual teachings of Stoicism means that you're emotionless. But my feeling and understanding of stoicism is it's the very understanding of your emotions that allows you to suspend them when they're going to make you do something that you shouldn't do. It's not the absence of, it's the presence. And it's the understanding of that presence that allows you to suspend the proper emotions that will cause you to misalign your head and your heart. And that's why I love stoicism because it it's the for me it's been the best way to further uh, or as as closely as I can align my heart and my head. And I can come off stoic and robotic and you know insensitive and all these different things. It's it 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 isn't that. It's you have a problem, kind of to bring everything full circle. If you have a problem. And I know you. I understand what emotions are coming into play here. I'm able to set those aside and view this clear-eyed, clear-headed. I'm not being insensitive. I'm not saying that other things aren't coming into play. There's not a greater emotional context to whatever you're going through. But you can't be prisoner to that. Context is important but it's not everything 
you could spend your whole time trying to explain context and not get to a root problem <laughs> because you're trying to create agreement when people are spending all this time well let me just tell you what happened no what's the problem well this is what happened though let me just no what's the problem because what you're doing by trying to give me all this context unnecessary context is try to get me on your side before you tell me what the real problem is and that's a huge that's where a lot of frustration I have with people comes from and it's a very it's probably why I've struggled to have relationships is because that rubs people the wrong way because people want to be heard and more than they want to be heard they want agreement and people will say whatever it takes to put the receiving ears in the best place for them to agree with the person who's bringing the problem itself. And for me, I'm glad you brought that up, stoicism, because I think it's necessary for people to understand emotions, feelings are okay. We're not saying don't have emotions. But yes, you need to be aware of those when you're making decisions. Uh, and so I do think people tend to look at the result instead of the process of how you got there. And so you come off to a lot of people, oh, you're sensitive because of your answer, but not because of your process. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think people break that down well. And it, it's just a, an area for me where I've had to become aware because I know I come off <laughs> very insensitive <laughs> because I'm just a natural problem solver. Right. And like I said, problems are relative to what you've already been through. Right. To me, I don't see your problem as a problem. Right. It has an answer. Right. Yeah. It can be fixed. What's the What's the issue? <laughs> right. And so to me, I, 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 I had to realize that, okay, You've expressed this to me, like you said, because you want me to agree, you want me to relate, and you want me to sit in this pile of crying and weeping or whatever with you. And I, I can't do that because I would be less of a friend and I would be dishonest with you if I told you you're stuck. Yep. You you can't get out of this. You're stuck. You're a monument. We should just stay here for the rest of our, of our lives. We, we stuck. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that pushed me so much in suspension. Just, just from my household, I, if, I'm the young one. Everybody is at least nine years older than I am. <laughs> All my first cousins, I, my brother, everybody is, is at least nine years older than I am. So it was never... Oh, you got yourself into something. You can't get out. No, you, you got yourself in. You're going to get yourself out. I I remember like it was yesterday. We used to have Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I'm a family person. I love being around you family. Yep. You see all this food. You like food. And you, you get trigger happy, right? You just... Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, you know, there's collard greens over here, dressing over there. I mean, you just put stuff on the plate. I mean, because it's like, what? I haven't had this all year. Why would I skip out on it right now? And I remember I used to get these big plates, plates that I knew I couldn't finish eating. Yep. But I just had to have it in front of me. And I remember a rule went into place about I was I was about 10 years old. I could not get up from that table until that plate was clean. Oh, yeah. You're not moving <laughs> until the plate is clean. <laughs> I used to hate that. And I, I had it in my house, too. For yeah. 45 minutes. Me, too. Yeah. To an hour. Everybody's in there, you know, watching football and playing games. And you just planning your food. And it. <laughs> and it's it not really getting awesome. better, either, with time. Right. <laughs> it's not at all. And you really... But that, that put everything else into structure for me. Knowing that rule was in place and it was lessons like those that always made me feel, okay, I got a problem, but it can be answered. And so I naturally never feel like I'm stuck. Even though something like suspension, as, as, much, of it, as much as it feels like I'm out of control, I still feel like I have some control. You're in control of what you could control anyway. Yeah. But I do feel that I have control of my outcome, not necessarily the outcome, but my outcome. And so, yes, I come off insensitive. And it's funny. It's funny. TD Jakes mentioned this. He, (laughs) He said, you need to know who you are because life, well, he said, basically in the synopsis, don't let life change who you are. Some of you used to be caring. Some of you used to be this. Some of you used to be very detailed, good at telling stories. And somebody made fun of you. And now, you know, or you've been through a situation and now you, you're a less <laughs> you. Don't, don't let life change who you are. Yeah. You let life conform to who you are. <laughs> Don't conform to what life is giving you. So yeah, I, I, I do think that's a that's one of the biggest things for me. And and like you said, it's a it's hard when it's hard to relate to people who just they're not clicking on the same rhythm as you. It's hard to relate because it's one, it's like I've never been there. I've never felt like that. And so I can't comfort you in your feelings because that's not something I'm kin to. Mm-hmm. I can only offer you a way forward. Right. I can only offer you a place where I am. Yeah. And, and I can try. I can try to offer you something I'm not. <clears throat> and, and I don't mean it in the compromise who you are perspective, but just like if I, if you need some, sensitivity today and i'm not the most sensitive person i i can try but it's gonna feel i don't want to say inauthentic because it is authentic but it's not gonna feel it's probably not gonna be as fulfilling as you want it to be um and people gotta be okay with that too because in those situations it's really about the effort and not the 
the outcome. And that's not to skirt responsibility either because we do have certain responsibilities. But, um, that's a tough one for, for a lot of people to come to grips with. When someone can't be what they need at that moment, doesn't mean that they're they don't feel where you're coming from you just everybody can't be everything to you and that's where the whole of a person matters where i can't do that if what you need today doesn't fall within that venn diagram in the center the center of that venn diagram i'm the type of person i'm okay with you going to figure that out with your friend your mama your home girl whatever you know as long as it's not destructive right you know but i've i've had you for two hours i'm gonna oh it's been two hours already it has i i'm gonna uh i'm gonna throw the last question for you you may not have one but what's the last thing you want to touch on or you want me to speak on before we we wrap this thing up man um, I think a big mindset I've been in coming into the new year and I haven't written it down, but you know, I've been getting this vibe of misplacement is the cause of a lot of chaos. And, uh, I want to speak on the subject of misplacement, delaying displacement. So, so in in my sport, track and field, <clears throat> the big the big jumbo thing is the one hundred meter dash. Who who is the fastest man in the world? Mm-hmm. And when you get when you break things down and you get a little more technical, the question becomes: Who can displace faster? Who can cover more ground in one step without losing speed? And I think 2021 is, like I said, I didn't write it down, but I do think 2021 is a year of displacement where big strides are going to be taken. Yep. Um, But I do feel we have to get out of this place or this mindset of misplacing things like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Stop putting trust in wrong places. The trust is not the problem. It's the intangible. The person you're trying to trust is not the problem. They didn't ask (laughs) for your trust. And if they did, never trust anybody. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But it's, it's you, where you're placing. What position are you putting your trust in? So yes, Misplacement delaying displacement. Yeah. That's a good, that's a very good question. A good one to actually to end on. What I think just from when we're talking about the year uh, generally is to your point, displacement or as we as lay people, non-runners, physics people, because <laughs> you're talking physics terms, basically, uh, is advancement, innovation, you know, 
um, at Walmart, we, we really believe that retail is expanded in one year. What it was probably going to take about five years to do. That's a lot. It's huge. Retail is notoriously (laughs) slow. So ever since I got that fact, my, my mind has been, if retail has moved five times faster, then life has changed maybe 10 times. So to your point about misplacement, I would challenge, what I would say is I challenge everybody in 2021 to understand efficiency. Understand it at every level possible. And this is the example I give when people would ask me, you know, Brendan, you've been in Fayetteville going on 12 years now. You don't want to go to Houston. You don't want to go to Atlanta. You don't want to go to Chicago. You don't want to. Right. My response is this, and this is my rationale. Because people have a location in mind. They don't have a process, a goal in mind. It's not, it, 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 it has nothing stri- of strategic value. It's just a tactical, static accomplishment. It's not even an accomplishment, but it's a static thing. And this is what I say to them. I say, I've put 12 years in here. There is a super high hurdle for me to leave the network connections groundwork that I've put down in 12 years. When you don't hone, cultivate relationships, perspective, uh, and you're not where you are, be where you are. You know, we've been saying that mm-hmm. it's easier to up and leave because there's, there's very little that you're leaving behind. When you do, uh, take care of where you are and when you are being where you are there's a lot you would be leaving behind so that's one thing so for me to leave it's going to take way more money not just a little bit more money a lot because my network has value so if I were to leave I would need more money um my trajectory right now is like this the nose is tipped up so i would have to go reset my trajectory all of this while learning a new place to go we talk about the little things we talked about the formula one car all these different things i'd have to learn a new place where i'm living i'd have to learn how to get to a place at work uh, my new place of work I have to learn where I'm getting groceries. I'd have to learn where I could go eat. I have to learn all. And it sounds trivial to list them all off. But see, when you're trying to continue growing in, say, your career or your family and all of that, and you have been where you are, you can focus on that because all the other things are instinctual. When I know I need something to eat, sometimes I get in the car and I. I'm in a drive-through. It's just that. It's just that automatic. 
right? Those little things people do not put enough value on. And I think hopefully 2020 taught people that. When people shut down their nail salon, their fast food, favorite fast food restaurant, you know, you couldn't get the toilet paper, all these different things that are really just not that big a deal. It discombobulated so many people. So many people who took for granted normalcy, consistency, dependability, familiarity. They didn't put a value on that. So hopefully in 2021, people see that those very little things that have been consistent, that you discount now because they're routine, hopefully people put value on it. And then that way, that misplacement won't delay displacement because you are fully aware of all the little things that go into allowing you to be freed up to take those leaps forward that are net, that are that are coming they're they're here and you need to be the most efficient form of yourself in order to take advantage of the changes that will take place in the next year maybe even two years because right now is the opportunity to gain ground on people who have been entrenched and who have been able to control the power control the opportunities all these different things right now is the time to get your piece of it because it's chaotic for everybody. And we have to be able to take advantage of those times in which the power structure, the conventional way of doing things, the normal things that, that, that are holding you back right now, the system is shook for better or for worse. And you have to be able to seize the moment by not adding inefficiencies in a time where efficiency means more than it ever has. That's how I would answer that question. Yeah. And, uh, just since we're on the end, it would be two things. If I could tell somebody something in 2021 that would hold them until 2022 Mm -hmm. or even further than, than that yeah it would be one you are in control more than you think i think we tend to let things float around in our life whether it be problems blessings whatever it is we just fell into it no you have control over probably most of the problems you get in. And then we we want to, you know, well, God will fix it. He'll bless it. Everything always works out for my good as if work is not required from you. Mm-hmm. Work is required from you. Your input is necessary. God can only add to what you have already put there. If you are looking for a blessing in 2021, it's that word people throw around loosely, mm-hmm. blessing. But if that's what you're looking for in 2021, know that God can only bless what you do, not what you don't do. Yep. And, and two, 
I throw two words out, which I put on my in my notes: diligence and discretion. Those to me are two big words for 2021, because I think as people we have to learn to work in the quiet. I, I joke with myself all the time that when I win my Olympic gold medal this year, and the the guy the guy asked me a question, and I'm going to say, "Well, I only came to Japan because they didn't deliver to my door." Mm-hmm. My gold medal will not be won in Japan; it's being won right now mm-hmm. in the trenches when nobody is looking. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to be diligent. Which ties into being efficient. Yes. You, <laughs> that's that's full circle right there. We have to be diligent and we have to be okay with doing it quietly. Yeah. Like you said earlier, don't all of a sudden be this extraordinary person because your boss walked in. Yep. Be you 100% of the time. Yep. And I think that consistency will lead you to get the results you want to get. It's like Martin Luther King said, truth smash to the ground will one day rise undaunted. Mm-hmm. Just no matter what's going on around you, do this one thing, whatever it is, whatever it is about you, whoever you are, whatever your role is, do it. I, I think that's a great way to, to end because I you just kind of pinpointed probably my biggest struggle over the last eight years or so is I was raised that way. You know, I didn't play college basketball. Uh, My brother did. You know, I could have at a lower level. Didn't want to. Um, But man, me and him worked every summer, virtually every day of every year, uh, in the gym. And it used to be so frustrating when people just thought, you know, this it just happens. They're good. Their dad's a coach. What the hell that got to do? That old man. What does that mean? Like, uh, is technique technique hereditary? You know, when you're waking up in the morning and getting, you know, 123s up, shots up at 530 in the gym before you go, you know, line up with everybody else outside. You know, they don't know you were just sweating in the gym in the morning every morning before school and you're the last one to leave every day after school like don't get that and you know it's just really hard in today's society because people don't define their own awards they don't define their own reward what do you want because it's what you want not what does everyone else want so I'm going to go out and satisfy because that's what people are telling me is valuable what's valuable to you Mm. 
And when you can master that, when you can define success for yourself, because the world wants to define not only you, but your success. I used to have people to, well, why aren't you an attorney? I mean, you were in, but you, we got our MBAs together. Did I ever come off as someone who wanted to be an attorney? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I'll never get sitting, uh, uh, went and visited my grandmother in Hot Springs. I think she was in the hospital. And uh, one of her church friends that came and said, oh, are you the, are you the young one that's going to be the attorney? I was like, no, I, I went to law school, but but I don't want to be an attorney. And she goes, uh, well, why you waste your daddy money for? And I looked at my daddy like, and he gave me that look like, don't fire her. Don't fire her ass up. Right. <laughs> but I was like, well, first of all, I paid for my own graduate school. I got the student loans to show for it. But I said, I, I, I never wanted to be an attorney. I wanted to learn the system. I wanted to learn how to help people. I wanted to understand the nature of power in this country. I wanted to understand, have a better business acumen, all these different things. It was never about that for me. And she just didn't get it. Right. And so some people, I, I, I really learned probably in law school. So it was five years ago, or I guess beginning eight years ago that everybody ain't gonna understand your moves. And the moment you become okay with that, the moment you liberate yourself from the expectations of others while still not lowering your own expectations for yourself, you've unlocked the upper room. Interesting. You've un locked something that most people don't even know exists when you can liberate yourself from the opinions and, and, and definitions of others while elevating the expectations of yourself because some people do they set aside what other people think but it's only it's only to escape accountability it's not it's not in furtherance of anything better for yourself but when you can do that Mm. that's that's the next level that's the next that it, it, it's not even the next level it's the it's the highest level 100 percent. and that 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 sparks a thought for me uh and back back just on a word you used earlier efficiency mm -hmm. i i do want to make clear to people that yes I want you to be dil diligent. Diligence and discretion are two things that are necessary in 2021. But there is a such thing as you can be efficient and not effective. Yes. That was another one. Work, work is work. But is it in its right place? Mm -hmm. Talking to a friend earlier. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. High school and college and professional are two different things. It's that movement from Formula One to Lamborghini, right? Mm -hmm. All that extra work you did in high school is useless in college 
because you're trying to be more finely tuned. Mm -hmm. Now all of this work capacity that you had in high school, some of it is not valuable to what you're trying to do. And so, yes, I do think a lot of times we we do things just to be doing them. Like you said in the previous conversation, it's being intentional, but not aspirational. Mm-hmm. You're doing stuff to be doing it mm-hmm. and don't know where you're going. Yep. Put it in its right place so that that efficiency can turn into effectiveness. Yep. And you can be that total package, that higher level, that upper room. That upper that room. You be. <laughs> <laughs> when Jesus, I'm telling you, brother, that's that, hey, that upper room, folk, folks be in the basement thinking they in the attic, bro. I'm telling you, man. You don't know what you don't know. That's true. That upper room, man. Everybody think they got a key. <laughs> they got a key. And I'm t- and people are trying to give you the key. But, excuse me, people are trying to let... I can let you know from my perspective what those tiers are. But I can't give you... Every key is unique. You can't take my key to unlock that upper room. I can tell you that is there and what is on the other side of it as from my perspective but you gotta make your own key you gotta be your own locksmith and too many people want to use somebody else's key to open up their room Mm. and that's a huge problem and and for the people who are you know, being successful. I know that's another loose term, but for the people who are headed in the right direction, Mm -hmm. who are moving and moving in the right direction, uh, a lot of times it's hard to find confirmation that you're headed in the right direction. And for me, one one intangible I use is opposition. Mm -hmm. A lot of times opposition is a sign you are headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I use my suspension a lot, but it, it's true that, yes, suspension gave me things that I would not have had otherwise, but at the same time, I have to ask the question, okay, why did this come about? Where am I going? Where was I going? Am I, <laughs> am I close to something? And, and for me, opposition, the more the opposition lets me know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to something. The more people try and stop you, the more, you know, haters you get, as people would like to use, or just the more things start to go wrong more than usual. Mm-hmm. The more you're, tension you're in the movement. Mm-hmm. The more tension in the movement, the more the more that once that tension is finally released, like a rubber band. And it's twofold. It's twofold because you're getting confirmation, but you're also becoming better from Mm -hmm. the tension. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You're it's, bumping into things, but it's molding you. It's like a slingshot. It's the tension, right? The further you pull back, excuse me, the stronger the tension initially, the further you're going to go. And mm -hmm. from that, the further you pull back, the further you're going to go. Add those both together. Strong tension with large flexion. Once you break through or release, you're going a long way, man. 100%. And people need to know being great consistently is not easy. Consistency no. by itself is not easy. Being no. great by itself is not easy. Putting the two things together distinguishes rare people. <laughs> from a lot of people. It's the difference between Jeremy Lin and LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Lin had a couple good quarters, boy. I'm telling you. Right. <laughs> yeah. But what could you, you couldn't, come on, it wasn't sustainable. And LeBron, it, LeBron, you look at it, at first you're like, no way. Two straight finals. No way. Three, okay. Four. And that's, for me, that's my, synopsis of 2021 the balance right the balance of LeBron to be that Lamborghini and be as dependable as a Toyota yep super hard it's not just hard it's 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 rare because you can put like you said you could put the effort in but effort doesn't guarantee you anything and a lot of people a lot of people get disheartened. You can't be great without effort, but effort alone doesn't guarantee greatness. And if you don't get greatness from your effort initially and you stop giving that effort, you just confirm that you're never going to be great. You didn't teach effort a lesson. That's you just proved that greatness wasn't your impulse. You just proved greatness wasn't your destiny. Right. You didn't prove a lesson to anybody but yourself. Uh, I do think <laughs> one of my favorite words, unscrupulous. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> unscrupulous people. No, we, we find ourselves slipping words in there. Giving the effort. Giving the effort only to achieve a result. Yeah. When effort needs to be who you are. Yes. Yes. Because what happens if you do get your results? And that's something, another conversation I, I want to have with you another time is <laughs> adjusting to fast movement. Mm -hmm. Yes, you had this decade plan. What happens when you're at year two? But at year six on your decade plan, mm -hmm. what happens when things are moving faster <laughs> than they're supposed to be moving? How do you adjust? And do you adjust? Well, I mean, that that's a, you know, it may need to be a different time. But, I mean, I, I've dealt with that recently, right? Like, I've had my tenure. I know, I know what I generally want to accomplish up until, like, 45 or 50. And I made this plan when I was like 20. Um, and it's not super detailed 
but um, but I was I was beating those markers years ahead of time. Like for instance, financially, I knew what it, I I knew I, what I wanted to make. You're right. 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. And I beat it. I beat my 25 mark easy. And then I beat my 30 mark by 28. And I beat my 35 mark this year. And it's really hard, but not impossible to reset yourself good problem to have it is a good problem to have but sometimes you can achieve good things fast in the short term but it makes you bend tip that nose down and in the long term which is what you were planning for in the first place you rest as you said, from a monument perspective, you have to maintain movement. You know this better than virtually anybody in the world. It's the transfer of force, speed, all these factors that allows you to be great at what you do. And so even if you're faster in, do you count your steps? Yeah. If you're faster in step seven than you anticipated, that doesn't mean throttle down eight, nine, and ten. So, you know, that that's a good that'll be a good conversation for us to have because, you know, we all want to take breaths sometimes. We all want to breathe. But you gotta just like you gotta work, you gotta make sure you breathe in the right spots too. And that's that's why it's so important what you said. Everybody doesn't understand your movement. Um, one thing for me, I tend to put a lot of my goals out there. I mean, when I say out there, I would be arguing with myself mentally. Why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see where I am. I see where that is. Ooh, I don't know. But I purposely stretch my mental capacity and challenge myself because if the dream is easily achieved, it's not worthy of it. Right. It's not. And so, yeah, I go in the weight room. I know I want to power clean 315 pounds, but I'm looking at 285 like, uh, this might be where I tap out this year. But in my head, I know, <laughs> okay. That's where I'm trying to go. And because it's a challenge for you, sometimes it can't always be communicated to everybody else. Can you, but to, on that issue, on that topic, can you close us out with, you know, pre holiday? Unfortunately, you were in Knoxville and not Fayetteville. <laughs> You're on your last workout, you're on your last 200 body is taxed can you tell him about that lesson and what you learned because I'll say this and I'll let him tell the story but the, there's so many great things about you but 
one of the the best things is you've helped me be better at finding the mountains amongst the small things, right? You know how to see a summit where other people see a rock. You are able to make and push yourself in even the small things. Can you talk about that last workout before you took time on for Christmas and, and what that all, what you learned from that? Yeah, I think, uh, so we, we had a workout um, and it wasn't a new workout. Usually we have cycles and every week is the same. And so coach can see your progress and how you've adapted. And so we've been doing a workout. It was 200. I had six 200. It had hurt me the week before in 65 degree sunny weather. And now today is, it's at the end of a cycle, the last workout of the cycle before we rest Thanksgiving. It's 40 degrees outside and it's raining. And so from the start, weather is a problem. My conditions for my success are a problem. And we didn't know if we were going to go inside or outside. And coach made a game time decision right after we warmed up inside. He said, let's hurry up and go out here and knock this out. And my attitude is always, it's almost like this careless attitude of just being indifferent. I wasn't going to whine and say I wanted to go inside. Okay, you say we're going outside. I mean, it is what it is. We get out there and the rain starts to pick up. It, it started raining so hard. There are tents set up on each side of the track. We were resting in the tent between reps. Mm-hmm. And one thing that motivated me first, I knew the workout was going to be harder than the week before just because of the conditions we were in. Right. One thing that motivated me, first and foremost, coach sat up there, zipped his jacket up, and walked in the rain for 30 minutes. No umbrella, no hoodie. He sat out there and coached us for 30 minutes in the rain. I looked at him and said, if he can do that, I can do this. So interestingly, we're running the workout faster than we did last week, mm-hmm. which is good. But if you know anything, you get to those last reps, you're going to feel those faster, right? <laughs> those faster times. And so we get to number five. Like I said, we only have six. Usually it's the, it's the rep before the last one where you can kind of gauge okay, yeah, I'm going to make it on the last one or, you know, oh, this this might be my last one. <laughs> like, uh, I, you can kind of gauge where you're going to start <laughs> tapering off a little bit. Yeah. And we're sitting over there after number four. I mean, hurting. I, I don't even think I walked in the tent. It was that bad. I laid in the water on the track, didn't care about being wet. And I love Coach for this. He comes over with this same careless, indifferent attitude that I have. And I remember telling, he asked me how I feel. 
and it was a it was a loaded question, <laughs> but a question he didn't care to hear the answer to. Right. Ah, uh, coach, my legs hurting. I don't think I can make six. Okay, well we got two minutes left on rest. And it's like, what? Okay, okay. <laughs> you had this attitude, and him having that attitude was like, okay. He didn't give me any room for foolishness, as I right. like to say. He didn't, he didn't give me any room for it. <laughs> Your favorite <laughs> word. <laughs> and, and I think that's so important just in life in general is people who make space for your craziness. Yes. If I the appreciate doors you that for doing that for me. Right. And some you only act like that because the door is open. Yes. The door was closed. He didn't have nothing to say, so I didn't have anything else to say. Mm -hmm. We do number five. The fastest rep yet. Mm -hmm. Number five. By far, I was already hurting before five. We do five. I'm out of it. In my head, I won't say it, but in my head, I'm done. We good. I got my work in. Yeah. <laughs> I can be happy about this in the rain. You know, you start to make up all these scenarios. You're going to go get them plates. Right, <laughs> trying to give yourself affirmation that... Yeah. You've done well today. The greens are waiting. The yams. Right. <laughs> right. So, coach comes in the tent. And I remember he, he said one thing to me. He said, Jay, how you feel? You, you've done five, and they, they've been great. Should we be done? And it's almost just this, this opposite attitude of what he just had. Before rep five, he came in asking questions that he didn't want the answer to. And now he's asking the question because he really wants to know how I feel and telling me I can be done, which one told me I had put enough work in. And so number six wasn't necessarily something necessary from a work capacity standpoint. But it was necessary from a mental capacity standpoint. And and it's the question I ask a lot of people, and a lot of people ask me is, Jay, how do I be consistent? Or, you know, how do I how do I perform under pressure? And for me, it's putting yourself under pressure in practice. Yeah. When there is no external pressure, it's only internal pressure. Yep. And so, him telling me I could be done after number five pissed me off because, like I told you earlier, I love work. Mm -hmm. I love I love a plan. I knew the plan was to run six, and you coming and telling me that I can be done at five. Tells me one, you think I didn't tap that. Mm -hmm. And then two, I don't like smelling my own blood. I don't like being weak and knowing I'm weak. I don't like laying on the ground trying to catch my breath. My legs are hurting. And it has nothing to do with anybody looking. There's nobody out there. Right. <laughs> but it has everything to do with me 
feeling like I'm inadequate, like I didn't let myself down. Yep. Because it's easy to have a strong mentality when you're feeling good. Absolutely. It's hard to keep it when you're hurting. Yep. And so when he asked, when he told me that you you can be done, you had a great day. And in my head, I thought to myself, "How dare you, Coach? Yep. <laughs> How dare you, you look at me? How dare you? And assume I'm done." Uh-huh. And really bring into realization that I'm hurting. I'm in a place where I'm my body is done. You know my body is done because you just told me I can be done. Right. <laughs> my body has gotten to work in. And he doesn't normally give you those options. Right. Yes. That's that's a rare situation by itself to give me an option. It's another thing for me just to be hurting and I can't go anymore. Right. But it's a totally different situation when you give me an option to do the last rep. Yep. And so for me, that was an opportunity to put myself under pressure to see if I could overcome the physical barrier with my mindset. Yep. Because I really do feel, yes, there is a moment in time where your body says no but to know that it didn't start with your body. Your body is not the say all be all. Right. It's reactive. Mm-hmm. The body is reactive to the mindset. The mindset is proactive. Yep. And so being able to tap into this, and I'll talk to you about it, this extra space of mental capacity where I feel a lot of people don't don't know they have and or either just cannot reach it. Yeah. It's just a place that's a little too far. This this place where you feel like what you've been through ain't hard enough. Yeah. Okay, yes, th- these five 200 then put me down, but I know in the next two minutes, I'm gonna feel like I've done nothing today. Yep. And so can I get up now under the same time and go run one at the same efficiency I ran the last one? Yep. It's a different conversation if I'm just talking about getting up and running. Right. You're not just trying to finish. You're trying to right. you're trying to take the same mentality and physicality, excuse me, an elevated mentality coupled with the same physical demands as you have uh in the in the past five reps right because his thing is don't do the last rep if you yes not gonna do it right yep i mean it's always quality over quantity yep don't don't get out there and look crazy and so when when i got up and told myself i was going to do the last rep one i knew it had to be a good one yep two I knew I had to replace energy that was coming from my body, but now it couldn't be produced with my body. Now I have to produce more mental energy mm-hmm. than I had to do on three, four, five. And so I think knowing how to spread your energy helps you be effective in what you're trying to do. And so when he blew the whistle, 
I had in my mind with time I was gonna make it <laughs> to the other side of the track. And I, and I already knew I was going to make the time. Me being able to to unlock that mental space, it's almost like this space of of confirmation where you know that you know. There's no question about it. I know what I'm bringing to the table and I know what results I'm going to get out of my effort. Yes. And that's what I tell a lot of people who ask me how to be consistent. I said, you need to know for yourself that when your body is ready, the body has been trained. The <laughs> Your physical situation is not your problem. That's what you've been training for all year. The right. body is ready. It's the it's you mentally. Mm-hmm. What external factors are throwing you off to stop you from being consistent and you're only these one-hit wonders? Yep. You, you're confused because you know you can jump far, but you don't know if it's going to come out today. Yes. So, yes, being able to unlock that mental space and know what you bring into the table. I told him I'm consistent because you're going to get at least this out of me today. Yep. If you get more, you just get more, but you're going to at least get this. Yep. And that at least is always going to be top two in the world. Yep. Well, my thing is I want to, you just brought up, this is what I'm going to bring and you may get more than that, but this is, what I tell young people, and I don't know if I've ever said this to you, is more important to elevate the floor than it is to expand the ceiling. Mm. It is always more important to do what you just said, where this is, I'm going to give you at least this, and it's going to be high quality. Man, when you can focus on elevating the floor as much as people around the world be trying to focus on expanding the ceiling, that's when you are, look, that's another room within that upper room. I'm telling you, (laughs) because you got to elevate the baseline. You got to elevate the minimum. That's when you're impressive. And, you know, consistency does that, right? We're not, we call failure a lot of things. We, we were talking about LeBron. There are things we call failures with LeBron that we would never call a mm-hmm. failure in anyone else. And that's because he's elevated the floor. Consistency. Consistently. Because his ceiling was always... I mean, and that's that's part of what makes him so great. It's part of the pressure you and I have talked about. I've always had expectations on me. Everything's a foregone conclusion. You never can hardly impress anybody because everyone says, well, I expected it. Well, I mean, you might say you expected it. But, you know, that's a hard thing to deal with because humans are naturally in a reward complex. So I am always thankful of the people who did that to me. It caused some lonely nights and stuff like that. And some, you know, feeling of solitude and isolation. 
But I'm always thankful because by not rewarding me for hitting my ceilings and expanding that ceiling, it got me in the mindset of lifting the floor. Because you're not giving me the satisfaction. You're you're robbing me of it every time. Well, I expect it. Oh, I expect it. Oh, I expected it. Okay. Well, while you over here robbing me of of, of these things, I'm gonna keep elevating the floor. Elevating the floor. And before you know it, I've learned how to fall in love with the reward that I give myself for consistency, consistently never falling before a certain standard. I don't really care about that other stuff anymore because you robbed me of it for so long. It means nothing to me. So I think the last thing I'll say for people out there is if you can, and it's super hard, focus on elevating your floor more than you focus on expanding your ceiling. I, I like that. And just to piggyback off of it, uh, I mean, this is a life conversation, right? Right. You're, you're worse off the wider range you have. The, the more temperatures that are in the... <laughs> In this, in these brackets, we don't know if we're getting 200 degrees today or 450. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what's going on? Or if you you work, you work with somebody, you don't know if you're getting the depressed them or mm-hmm. looking like they've never had a problem in their life. It's, and so I, I mean, I love what you said. You have to expand the floor, and I think with athletes, people, anybody that has an environment that they work in, you need to understand your environment will expand the feeling. Yes. The comp- as an athlete, the competition will expand my ceiling. Yes. If you get this big jump today, it's because I've seen all these hundred thousands of fans in the stands. I'm in the midst of a competition. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I started right here at the floor. But all these external factors progressed me because I didn't have the pressure of knowing what I would get today. Right. Taking the pressure out of the situation by having my floor, and now there's only a place to go up from here. Yes. You let the competition take you there. Yes. Or the the event take you there. Yep. It. You gotta you gotta narrow down your responsibility. Yeah. And you Stop trying to be a control freak. Yes. And and wrap your rounds around, wrap your hands around the world. You you're not God. You don't have the the world in your hands. Okay. This is not what's going on. Focus on what you can control. Everything else will take care of itself. And I think that's where, I man, what you said that efficiency. Uh, that, that's big efficiency and effectiveness. I think a big. Some big things right there. Absolutely. So, you know, um, I'm. I kind of want to release this tomorrow, but I know that I am not about <laughs> to edit this before tomorrow. Uh, but you know, this is this is my parting thing. Uh, you have to have friends 
like Jerry and Ismi, and I know most of his close friends call him Jay, but I still call him Jerry. But and vice versa, vice versa. <laughs> uh, you gotta have friends like Jerry and, and this. We're at two hours and forty something minutes. This is basically how it goes every time we talk. I mean, we don't talk every day. I mean, he's got things to focus on, and so do I. But you have to have people that you can have these types of expansive conversations with because you look we didn't he shared his notes for me uh for 2021 with me last night i replied with how i'm gonna apply discernment to those same qualities that i don't think will ever change for me but you have to be able to sit down with people who you respect you respect their point of view the intentionality of their thoughts and actions. You have to uh, be around people who you know are committing to action, what they're saying. Um, and you, this is how, in my opinion, as adults, you maintain growth. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go execute it for yourself. But man, if you can learn not to have to live everything, to learn it you're gonna move faster forward and uh you know every time i talk to to jerry and i learn something and we talk basically about the same topics every time but it gets deeper and more useful and more there's layers added every time because the problems in life don't change. That's one of the things my dad told me. He's like, look, the only thing that changes as you get older, son, is the the ramifications of your actions and what's at stake. The same problems you had at the lunch table are the problems you're going to have on your deathbed. It's just the stakes are going to be higher. Who do you trust? Who do you give your time? Uh, am I putting in enough work? What do I want? Uh, all of the things that you go through in early parts of your life, you're going to go through to the end. But you have to recognize that inaction brings bigger consequences uh, the older you get. Because one, one thing, David Brooks, the lows are lower than the highs are high. You know, the damage, the quote goes, the lows are lower than the highs are high. The damage you do when you get things wrong always exceeds the good you do when you get things right and so consistency is important and yeah just to end it my my point of view from my side if i had to put you brendan in a category for me it you always want to be around people surround yourself with people that fit where you're going, not where you're coming from. And for me, you've been that person that fits, that fits where I'm going because it's it's happened naturally, right? We right. we've probably had more conversations in the last four or five months yeah. than we had in the last three years. That's true. And for me, it was suspension is the thing that's dangling between all of that. These are not conversations we were having when everything was going well for me, but 
for me is the having the specificity of those intangible items in yourself limits your options on who you can connect with yep which is a great thing and i quickly learned after suspension i can't have these conversations <laughs> with anybody <laughs> right <laughs> And, and to be honest, you're the only person I have these conversations with that actually advance my thoughts. Because when you get to a, a, a place where you, you are actually highly intellectual and just not it being intellectual, I mean, anybody can read books, right? but actually having the perception and the perspective, the understanding, the wisdom behind a lot of things, you understand views that might not be yours. Right. And you always have a unique view to something yourself and being able to bounce off of somebody and not see them just be the ground, but be a trampoline Ooh, yeah. and actually propel you higher every time you rub against them. Iron does sharpen iron. And I think it's important for people to realize, yes, it's easy to be comfortable around people that you've been with in the past that that only fit where you were. But if you're trying to go forward, there has to be a change in everything. Yeah. Not only some things can change, everything has to change. If you as a person are going to change what you attract, what's attractive to you, everything would change. Conversations will change and, and that's okay. It's not an indictment against anyone. They just do not fit your current position. Well, I appreciate you uh, sitting down for a well, while. You sit down quite a bit now, but I really appreciate this because I think there's going to be a lot of, I just want our people to hear these conversations more. And I want people who aren't in our necessarily our community to understand that these conversations happen amongst ourselves uh, naturally anyway. And so uh, I appreciate you opening your mind up to the people you're you're the easiest person to talk to uh you and tremaine or i could talk to for hours uh, and i can't wait for people to to hear this episode so i'll talk to you soon it won't be on a podcast yeah, yeah, but I'll i appreciate talk to you, you for having me brother oh always always i uh there is more conversations like this coming this year um the one-year anniversary of the podcast is in March, uh, but I wanted to give people a preview of what they can expect moving forward. So there's more to come, and I'll see you all soon, and I'll see you soon. Yes, sir. All right, brother.